0: Welcome back to the case of Grace Dove and a Touch of Poison in Croydon. You will recall from the previous episode that Grace's husband, Edmund, died of natural causes, although it left pretty much everyone feeling somewhat mystified. Where we left the story last time, as Vera, Grace's older sister, is herself becoming unwell, particularly after it seemed she had a homemade soup for supper. So shortly after this, um supergate, Vera had taken her Citroen car to a garage for a tune-up. Whilst Vera was at the garage, Grace called her mother, Violet, to see how things were going in the sickly house of Sydney. I.e., was Vera dead? Sorry, I shouldn't. I shouldn't. Grace was somewhat taken aback when she heard that all was well and that her sister Vera was much better and she was up and about once more. Why was she taken aback at this news? Did she not want her sister to be well? Hmm, interesting. A few days later at dinner, soup was served again. They liked their soup. Hmm. At this dinner, there were Mother Violet, of course, as well as Vera. And in addition, joining them for dinner was Aunt Gwen, who was visiting from Newcastle. Vera again talked into the soup even though she acknowledged that it was the soup that made her ill some days earlier. Why, oh why, oh why? Violet, by the way, did not touch the soup. Wise woman. Both Aunt Gwen and Veri noted that the soup tasted unusually bitter and it had a strange texture. Really? Where have we heard that before? To cut a long story short, Vera grew increasingly ill. She was sicker than she had ever been in her life. The overly concerned Grace, Sister Grace, was so concerned about Vera's condition that she called the doctors. And Dr. Robert Elwell was in attendance. The same doctor that attended upon her own husband, Edmund. The doctor said that Vera was suffering from gastrointestinal influenza. Well gastro flu. And that being the case, they prescribed the usual remedies. None of them worked. Because on the 15th day of February 1929, five days, yes, five days after she first fell ill, Vera Sidney gave up the ghost. So how did Vera die? How did she shuffle off this mortal coil when she was so in the prime of her life? Natural causes. Natural causes? Again? Well, of course, to lose one relative is unfortunate. But to lose two could be described as pure carelessness, especially in such a short space of time. As you might expect, Mother Violet was devastated by Vera's death. Vera had not only been her favorite child, there's something, but Vera was also her best friend. After this unspeakable loss, Violet Sidney contemplated her future. It looked bleak. For all she could see, it was a lonely, empty old age in front of her. Her other children, Thomas and Grace, did the best they could to help their mothers through this terrible time. They both called in on her every day. And the doctors prescribed tonics to try to alleviate Violet's grief. Tonic for grief. That's a new one. Dear friends, I have to tell you now that things were about to take a turn. A peculiar turn. Not only was Violet Sidney suffering from this immense grief at the loss of her daughter, her favourite child, but on the morning of the 5th of March 1929, she herself was now complaining of... Being poisoned. She blamed her tonic. This tonic that was supposed to ease her grief and make her feel better was trying to kill her off, she thinks. Grace at once summoned the doctor. Yes, that same Dr Elwell. That's a good name for a doctor. <laughs> Elwell. Well, he's been kept very busy by this whole soul, isn't he? On hearing what Violet has said about the tonic, the doctor called the chemist who prepared it, the chemist checked the tonic. There was nothing contra contained therein. So whatever was wrong with Violet's tonic had nothing to do with the chemist nor its preparation. Nonetheless, very soon Violet was displaying the same alarming symptoms as that of Edmund and Vera. That is, vomiting, diarrhoea and crippling stomach cramps. Dr Elwell assumed Violet had food poisoning. Ah... By that evening, Violet was dead. Something strange going on in this family, methinks. Well, somebody else seemed to think so too, because soon after Violet's death, Edmund and Vera's bodies were exhumed and all three corps were put through intense examinations. And what the authorities found were shocking. They found that first Edmund and secondly Vera, and thirdly Violet all died of arsenic poisoning. How did these three people get arsenic into their systems? Three people from the same family. That's a conundrum. Well, regarded Edmund, it was presumed that arsenic was in the beer he drank at what proved to be his last supper. I mean, dinner. Then Vera, she was obviously poisoned by the soup. And as for Violet, traces of arsenic was found in her tonic. (laughs) I think that's the worst part. You take a tonic to make you feel better and build up your strength. And concealed therein in that tonic is poison. That's shocking. That's reprehensible. Actually, I'm taking some tonic at the moment myself. Mm. Moving along. Clearly, there was a killer in the family. Someone in this family wanted these three people dead, poisoned. And it was someone who knew how to do it. But the question was, who? Suspicions fell on the remaining two who had not been affected by the poison. That is Grace and her brother Thomas. Whom we haven't heard much of in this story. Well, Thomas was quickly ruled out as a suspect. He really did not have a motive to kill any of the deceased. He didn't have a motive to kill Edmund, Vera or his dear mama. Okay, so he was a rather penniless entertainer who relied heavily on the financial generosity of his mother and sister. But why kill the golden goose? But still, they had left him a great deal of money in their wills, and perhaps he could not wait that long for them to kick the buckets in their due course. Might he have been tempted to speed things along? But what of Edmund? On the face of it, there was no reason to bump him off. So we are left with grace, She was deemed to be the main suspect as fingered by the coroner in charge of the three inquests. In this regard, the matter was passed to the Director of Public Prosecutions for their consideration. Was Grace Duff arrested and charged with murder? Three counts of murder? To add a little frisson to the case, rumour had it that Grace and Dr Elwell, yes, that doctor who seemed to be present every time there was a death in the family, were in love and engaged in an illicit affair. And after Edmund's death, some people expected Grace and the doctor to marry. <laughs> but nothing came of that. But Dr. Elwood had admitted to the police that he and Mrs. Grace Duff had been... indiscreet. But wait a minute. there's more. Grace Duff gave birth to five children. John, Edmund, Grace, Mary, and Alice to Michael, as we've heard of earlier. But what of the other two? There was Margaret and there was Suzanne. Sad to say, Margaret died at the age of seven in 1919 and Suzanne died at the age of two in 1924. They had apparently rather conveniently died when money had become a little tight in the Duff household. No, I'm not suggesting that these children died at the hands of their mother Grace. I'm just saying. To bring this sordid tale to its conclusion, well, sort of, Even though there probably was sufficient evidence to, at the very least, arrest Grace Duff for murder, she was never arrested or charged, and the case remained to this day unsolved. So what do you think? Do you think Grace Duff got away with killing her husband, her mother and her sister? Well, whatever we think, convicted or not, Grace Duff will be forever known as the Croydon thanks for listening I am J.A. Lovelock join us next time as we go behind the yellow tape and catch up with more episodes at btytpodcast.com 3am the comedy horror podcast that holds weekly gatherings around the campfire let me tell you what you're going to get you're going to hear stories about demonic possessions prison stabbings Skinwalkers Glitches in the Matrix Cult Leaders Missing 411 Night Marchers Operation Paperclip Mesopotamian Devil Worship And so many monsters It'll give Kanye West a runaway for his money Pop and meme culture also aren't off topic A camp where laughs and scares Are constantly competing for first place We're just a group of friends Trying to bust each other's balls Find the best stories And expand the circle in the process 3am The comedy horror podcast Not for the faint or fragile of heart. Let's go.